3: Hello, welcome to uh, the latest edition of That Millwall Podcast. Um, Today, we've got two depressing faces for you all uh, and depressing voices, both myself and my co-host for the show, Ben. We were at the game yesterday. Um, Before we get into that, Ben, how are you?
1: Depressed. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, No, I'm I'm okay, mate. Um, Obviously, yesterday was a very frustrating day, but... um, Nice to get to our first game together, if you can yeah. call it that, and we met up beforehand. But um, actually, maybe we shouldn't start going together if anything. <laughs> if yesterday was anything to go by, but um, yeah, it could, could definitely be better after yesterday. How are you, mate?
3: Um, I'm oh, I'm all right. Um, I was one of the poor souls that went up by coach, back by coach, so the journey time was even longer. Um, as I'm sure we'll come on to the game, it wasn't ideal. As I say. First time, obviously Ben and I went to a game, uh, an away game together, so that was that was obviously quite nice to meet up beforehand and and whatnot. Unfortunately, um, I thought it might have been turning our way after we equalised, but it obviously it obviously wasn't wasn't meant to be. Um, just just to point out, obviously um, one of our other panelists, um, Chris Chaps, um, his uh, pre- uh, post match stuff will go out as usual. Um, obviously, with Ben and I being at the game yesterday, we thought. We'd take an opportunity to discuss the, what our thoughts were, obviously being there, and and um, maybe where we've gone wrong over the last sort of five, six games, and, and just a general kind of um, feeling of of disappointment towards the end of the season. So, Ben, we'll start off just quickly uh, with the lineup. I thought, to be honest with you, with who we've got available, what. You know, the players that, that have been doing the business for the majority of the season, I, I didn't think the lineup was too bad, to be honest. What, what about you? What were your thoughts?
1: No, I mean, I think when we'd spoke after the Birmingham game, obviously, we did our lineups and then asked if I thought that if route would change it, and I, I didn't think he would. Um, so I was not surprised that Styles started left wing. I thought Styles was going to start, but I was surprised that he started as further forward, as far forward as he did. Um, but no, no, no real surprises. I don't think from the lineup. Um, I think as we'd said, the Birmingham performance wasn't too bad, um, and another day we probably would have won that game. So yeah, I wasn't overly surprised with the changes. Um, maybe we should have made more in hindsight. <laughs>
3: yeah I, it's an interesting one and i think it's something that we'll come on to s- certainly after we speak about the game that um a point that was made to me by a, a, another um viewer actually said that we're a squad of utility players and a squad of grafters and that's good You know, working hard and players that can fill in if you've got injuries or suspensions, you know, you need players that can step in and be comfortable to do the job. But at this stage of the season, you need to have players that are out and out wingers, out and out strikers, out and out second midfielders, however you want to, whatever position you want to um, concentrate on. I think we're probably better off concentrating on our wide players because I don't think we have any naturally gifted wingers out and out wingers we've got players that have got the attributes of wingers i.e Burke's pace. I think Style's technical ability is is pretty good um, and obviously some some others but they're not I, I wouldn't I, they're, they're never going to get in championship teams of the weeks or, or teams of the months or teams of the seasons in those positions because they're not out and out wide players. Um, the game started uh, quite poorly really. It was bitty. Both teams didn't really look that good, to be honest. It looked like a... It looked, it, it felt like... And I don't know what the thoughts are. But I know they scored reasonably early, but it looked like two teams that we kind of thought neither of them wanted to make a mistake because for them it was survival, us it was for the top six.
1: Yeah, and again, similar story to Birmingham, really. If anyone was on top, it was them. We, we didn't start at all well. Um I'm not saying they'd started and were playing free-flowing football, but they certainly looked more dangerous on the ball going forward. We really lacked any sort of rhythm, couldn't get anything going, started slowly, and then I'm sure we'll go into this in a bit more detail that, that, that the opening goal happens with a, a Jules Long error or two. Um, and it was actually from our throwing down the left-hand side that we ended up giving away, and it was just... Yeah, bad mistake down there. They made two passes, they were in behind and then obviously the the, the shot come across a across goal that that Long obviously parries into a really, really poor area. Manages to get back up and then gets a hell of a lot onto it, but Will Keane still managed to find the back of the net. But if anyone deserved the opening goal, it certainly wasn't us. Um, As I say, we really lacked any sort of rhythm, couldn't get any any sort of foothold in the game and just really struggled early on. Um, And again, I thought Having started slowly at Birmingham, I thought we might come out of the traps flying, to be honest. And the way we'd finished the game with Birmingham, certainly in the second half, I just thought we'd come out with a lot of aggression and, and really try and get on the front foot. But as I said, if anyone was getting an opening goal, it certainly wasn't us.
3: And on the goal, um, I think there's... Take nothing away from the actual finish, because I know long I've seen he tries to get back up and it kind of hits him, but it still goes in. Keane actually hits the ball into the ground, which gives it a bobble prior to it actually getting to, to long. So I don't... The, the first part... Oh, sorry, the second part of the goal, it happens. You know, it, I'm not too disappointed he's not saved it. Of course, we'd like him to, but that's not the issue. The issue for me... Can is... I just
1: jump in on that, mate? And you say it's not the issue. Do you know what? And I'm pleased you said that because... With Long, you know, I've been a big fan of his, or I've, I've been a fan of his to a point as I don't know why so many people have been on his back, right? And you've just summed it up just there. I think I certainly may be a bit of... I look at it sometimes and I thought the Birmingham goal, I went, oh, but Djukovic hit it into the ground and it wasn't a clean finish and it kind of went through his arm and head. And similarly here, there's a lot of goals that we seem to concede with him where we're going, oh, but it's not really his fault. And it's with not, that one, as you say, it was a scruffy effort, but he's got so much on to the second one that if you're getting that much on it, I'm expecting him to save it.
3: The, I, I do understand that. I'm, he is at fault for the goal, in my opinion, but it's not the second part. It's the first part. The first, yeah, the first part, part is really unforgivable. Poor. It's unforgivable because the ball is not going towards the goal it's going away the, the the way that the cross has, has been hit it's going away the curve on the ball is coming away from the goal so he doesn't need he doesn't need to touch it the closest player that would get anything on that i think is Danny Mcnamara he's there he just it behind and how many times do we see Mcnamara and he, sometimes he does it and i don't agree with it but i i understand it is He's in his own box. He knocks it out for a corner. Just get rid of the danger. Fine. That's what defenders should do. Sometimes he could probably take a touch, but he he knocks it out. That's what would have happened. There is no Wigan player in a position to hurt us whatsoever as that ball comes across. So why Long feels the need? So the second part, yeah, okay, maybe you should save it. But if he doesn't touch the first part... Yeah,
1: he won't need to make that
3: save. Yeah, no, I agree on that. So he's he is fully, it is fully his responsibility that they've scored. Not because he doesn't make the save, but because he gives a striker who, okay, they're not, he's not, you know, he's not up, you've not got 20 goals. But for a team that's bottom of the league, I know he scored twice. I think
1: he's got got 14 now, hasn't he? Okay. I
3: think I think it's twelve in the league and a couple in the um, couple of assists, and he's got a couple in a cup competition. But they're bottom of the league, and you've given a striker that knows where the ball is an opportunity to an open goal. Yeah. So it's not, it's it's completely and utterly for me Long's fault. The second part, yeah, that we, we'll agree to disagree. But none of it happens if he doesn't touch it. It doesn't need. No,
1: to- I I don't necessarily disagree. and I was more thinking from my point of view of defending Long quite a lot. And it kind of just dawned on me yesterday, where I'm kind of always saying, oh, but he's got a bit unlucky there. And there's only so many times now, I feel like I can say it. And again, he's got such a big chunk on that second one. I think any keeper at any level would be disappointed to get that much of the ball and not save it. It wasn't like, I know Will Keane was, what, 10, 12 yards out, but he wasn't four yards out and smashed it in it's travelled still quite a a way. And as I say, Long's got back to the middle of the goal, going back to the first point of him parrying it out. He's parried it out into a shocking area, as we said. But do we think that again was just where we are at the minute, the lack of composure, the lack of maybe communication or confidence of Danny Mack to say to, or give Long a shout or Long being a bit hazy and just wanting to do something in that situation, do we think that it was just, ultimately, as I say, maybe a bit of lack of composure from everyone at that point? Because if he, let's be honest, if he leaves it and the, Will Wilkins at the back post and just knocks it in, then we'd all be going, what the fuck's he done that for? So, is it just a bit of bad judgment in that time? in, in A bad error and bad judgment at that time of the game? well, any part of the game, but just bad judgment?
3: I don't think it's... Um... I don't think it's lack of composure. I, don't, I can't... I'm, there's no... Uh, Danny McNamara has had a shocker over the last few weeks, but so I don't think it's anything to do with him. The initial... We had a throw-in and we lost the ball and they play it and, and obviously the, the ball comes in. Long is looking out. He he knows where Will Keane is. The way the cross comes in, he cannot be at the back post... He cannot be at the back post. The way the cross comes in is away from goal. So there's no, there is no way that's going in. It's impossible for that ball to be going in. And uh, look, I have never been a goalkeeper. I never will be a goalkeeper. I just it's just not it's just not a bit of me. But they work on their angles, they work on they're so specific on their training drills to cover their angles. Or you see them line up the wall. So specifically, that they know what they want covered. They know the trajectory of the ball. George Long must know when that ball's coming in, that ball is not going to cause him any danger. It is not, yeah. it's just not going to happen. And perhaps, perhaps he had maybe wants to com- uh, set himself and compose himself and, and, and get himself into the game. I, I we'd said, we'd um, message privately and, and some comments that have been raised to me that, that Long needed to make a big save. In a game to, to take some of the heat off of his back, and maybe he's thinking, if I can be a proactive goalkeeper and 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 show a little bit of a, a little, I've got something about me, but there's a time and a place, and that wasn't the yeah. time, and it wasn't the place.
1: No, I totally agree. I totally agree. We actually then got back into the game a bit, and I well, actually no, we didn't. We managed to... I was going to say, I don't know what you were watching. No, was, I was... I mean, let's go straight to the equaliser then. I can't really remember the 16 minutes in between their goal and ours. Our goal is arguably going to be up there for goal of the season for us. I don't know if you've seen it back or seen it on Sky Sports today, season, but we must have made, and I don't know how, because we couldn't string this many passes. I don't think we strung this many passes together for the rest of the game, let alone, yeah, whatever, but we must have made 20, 25 passes for that goal. And it was actually a really, really good goal. Free flow mm-hmm. move, great pass by Styles, great cutback by Bradders and George Savile. something that we've probably been speaking about. I don't know if you've mentioned it on the pod, but certainly privately. Um, Savile getting on the sh- score sheet, which he hasn't done. Was that his first
3: goal of the season? Second. I think he got one against Coventry at the Den early doors. So, <clears throat> it was I, a great I... goal. It was a really good goal. I did see the. I've seen the goal back. It was nice football. The I thought the the telling sign is that <clears throat> uh, the one opportunity that Tom Bradshaw got to latch onto a pass that he's desperate to get on the end of in behind we score from it. There's no coincidence that with that we all know that outside of the box Brad is. His, we say not at his best. I don't want to be, I, I'm not, I'm really not putting the blame on Tom Bradshaw because I do not blame a five foot nine striker having to try and win flick-ons against massive centre-halves every week. It's not his yeah. fault. And but... just
1: on the centre-half these days, three centre-halves are huge. And all yep. they did all day was head everything, mm. tackle everyone. And they were, they were really good at the back. And as you yep. say, poor Brad has just got eaten alive.
3: He got battered he got absolutely battered there's no two ways about it and people were moaning when he was taken off he, no striker wants to come off but i reckon he probably thought, thank god for that yeah i have sogged this i've had I, you know i've had enough of this for the afternoon but yeah good goal it was a very good goal um pleasing that Savile Got himself in the box, something that perhaps him and Mitchell maybe need to do a little bit more of moving forwards because we you know we're struggling for goals. Robert spoke about someone else stepping up and getting a goal. Well, he got what he asked for because Saville put himself in a position to score and and I think we scored I think we scored just after the half hour mark, if I'm bang on
1: half an hour. If, yeah. yeah.
3: And whilst again it wasn't it was it, the, the the game was poor we didn't have much but we have managed to get ourselves it, this was it was the sort of game that usually it would be 1-0 to wigan and and nothing nothing you know it, that that's what's happened in other games team go 1-0 up and we we huff and puff and we get nowhere but we managed to get back in the game and you kind of think right we've got a foot I'll get into half time and and go again and, and see see what we can what we can do and 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 well, i think that-
1: I was just saying, at that point, Stephen, you might be saying it now, but at that point, I really thought, that's going to kick start us here. Mm, that's yeah. going to be it now. Because we were so poor for the first 29 minutes until we scored. But as I say, I, I just thought, all right, that's going to kick us into life now. And we are going to get on the front foot. We're going to put them under pressure. They're going to start to be nervy. They need to win. It's all going to change. And again, that last 15 minutes in the first half, it was anything but. It just went back to being really scrappy, really bitty. Neither team... Did too much. We had a great opportunity very soon after we scored, which was a similar move. We got Burke down in the right-hand side and he whipped a a really good ball in that looked dangerous. I couldn't really see how close it was to to Bradders or anyone else in in the box. But it looked like it was a good move and it was was a dangerous ball in again, but it evaded absolutely everybody. Outside of that, I can't seem to remember another chance we haven't had in the first half.
3: I think Callum Stiles was unlucky because I think he he was the one... That, it went past Bradshaw. I think Stiles threw himself at it. He, he was the one that really did throw himself at it. And again, on another day, he gets a toe on that and, it, and, and we'd, we'd probably go in at 2-1. The the thing that done us... After scoring, Savile got injured, didn't he? And was down for a, a fairly sort of substantial amount of time, about four or five minutes, just after we scored. So any momentum that would have been built or any kind of... Sort of spirit that had been, you know, gained was it killed, killed It straight away. Yeah, that it, it had gone. Admittedly, you know, it was nearer the end of the, getting towards the end of the the, the first half. So, you know, it, it it's not like we would have had like forty minutes to to, to carry on playing. The Styles half chance because it was it was a good move. Burke put, put a good ball across, but it just. Everything felt like... Rowett touched on it after the game and said that we were playing like a team that was scared to drop out of the top six. And you don't think about it when you're at the game live watching it. But when you think about it back, that's exactly how it was. The players were scared. They they didn't want to, to make a mistake in fear of it being the hammer blow. But by playing like that, they did make the mistakes. And it was the hammer blow. So it, yeah. it, it, it's it was very frustrating. I mean, I mean, at half time, you know, we, we'd we said that, you know, it probably can't get any worse. And, well...
1: It definitely um, did. <laughs> yeah. It definitely did. I mean, yeah, the, the second half, if we thought the first was poor in terms of quality from us, the second half was, was even worse.
3: The second I don't half... Rest- the second half well, was the worst half of football... I have seen a mill from a Millwall side in the last, uh, probably under Gary Rowett. Uh, the only one that was probably worse, I think, did we get, didn't we get beat the last game of the season by someone by about six, a few seasons ago. Some was it Coventry or someone right. like that? Someone, someone on the last day of the season, I don't think it was last year. It might've been the year before, um, put, put a load past us. And that was obviously very poor, but, it was awful. It was, it's the worst. It was, it there's, there's, there's things we'll, we'll come on to, which I, I do want to discuss, but they, none of the, none of the players have any credit from that second half. None of them. Yeah.
1: No, again, totally agree. As saying, we just, even, even the more composed players in the side that we would have, the likes of Sav, the likes of Mitchell, We're going to come on to Fleming, I'm sure, again, because I'd like to speak on him. I mean, just looked uncomposed. We just, as you said, it was the fear of wanting to mess up, I guess, at that point. We really just, every time we got into the final third, it was a sideways pass. We had no impetus. There was no pace to our play. We slowed it down. And then that was when we got it on the deck, actually, and that was very few times in the second half because all we did, and again, I don't know if this was nervousness, but Long was kicking it long. Hutch was knocking aimless balls forward. Coops was doing the same thing. And I know we've done that invariably throughout the season, but it was so bad in the second half, we gave none of our... I'm going to say this with a pinch of salt, but technically gifted players or better technical players that we have any chance whatsoever to go and do what they're good at. We just, we just, yeah, didn't give them a chance at all.
3: I was, I was talking about this um, with my dad after the game and and put it on Twitter and and whatnot. Uh, Jake Cooper and Sean Hutchinson are, I'm not going to say they're not, I was going to say legends. That's probably a bit pushed too far as we, you know, we're we getting to that debate a lot. But in recent times, they are club stalwarts. They are dependable. They're, they're, they're no-nonsense centre-halves. And I don't think that their contribution to the football club should ever, ever be questioned, especially... Hutchinson, because I think Cooper's got a little bit more, obviously younger, so he's got a little bit more time left, and he's probably, you know, um, going to play a lot more games, hopefully for us or, or elsewhere. But Sean Hutchinson and Jake Cooper cannot play football. They cannot <laughs> play football. They're not footballers. They are, they're tacklers, they're headers, they'll they they they'll put their body on the line, but they can, the, with the ball at their feet, they are... It's, it's embarrassing. And that is why that is why Charlie Cresswell was keeping Hutchinson out of the team. Most clubs, most being, you know, sometimes it doesn't happen, their club captain gets injured, he gets replaced. Their club captain becomes fit and available, they come back in. That's just how it is. But Rowett Huts wasn't was doing that. It, Hutchinson no. wasn't getting in. He, he Cresswell... Yes, OK, he turned his season around and was playing very, very well. And he could tackle and he could head and he was no nonsense. But he could also play football. And he could also carry the ball out from the back and be confident that he can play a pass. Yeah, OK, sometimes he'd go for the diagonal and overheat it. But uh, since Drake Cooper's been at the club, how many diagonals he tried to hit? He tried to hit Steve Morrison every week. Sometimes successfully, but it's the point. We asked... Sean Hutchinson and Jake Cooper, and we're asking them week after week after week to collect the ball from their goalkeeper and start an attack. And the two of them are looking at each other going, you do it, you do it, you do it. They just keep passing it between each other until until the attacker of the opposition goes, hold on a minute, these aren't very good on the ball. Let's press them. So they get pressed and then what happens? They lump it. We moan that they're lumping it. And rightly so, we moan at their lump in it. But tell me, what else could Sean Hutchinson and Jake Cooper do?
1: Well, I think certainly yesterday, because there was just such a lack of movement or a lack of desire to get on the ball and get the game, like we said about Birmingham, by a scruff of the neck and say, I'm going to drag Mill through this game and go and win us it, go and get him three points and go and make sure we're still in that top six. There was not a single player on that pitch yesterday. I'm not necessarily questioning their desire, maybe a little bit yesterday, because it looked at times like we were just scared and didn't want to be out there. But as a whole, and as we look at the whole season, we've never questioned that. Yesterday, we had no one, not a single person on the pitch to just, as I said, get the game by the balls and go, let's just drag the team through this. We had no one, not one player, looked like they were confident to do it.
3: I just... I get that and I understand that and I know I know I know people will say that I'm blaming Cooper and Hutchinson. I'm really really not blaming them it's not their fault they're being asked and this is what I'm saying about Rower and the 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 board and the 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 coaches and everybody that have assembled a squad to play a way that Gary Rowett wants to play, they're being asked to do things that they don't want to do and they're not comfortable doing. And when that happens, confidence is going to be drained because, for example, they're going to knock it long or they're going to knock it out of play. And, for example, you know, Savile's head might drop or Mitchell's head might drop because they might want the ball, but they're not getting it. Because the and then and then everyone's head drops and Bradshaw head drops because he knows that he's then just going to have to chase and it 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 just the confidence was being drained out of our team as every second went by. Danny McNamara Do- then started knocking it long. Malone was knocking it long. It just it all just everything just fell apart.
1: Just just one thing on that, and I think since Billy's come back into the side, we've seen a much more, not free flowing, but a much better way of starting an attack because we tend to, the centre halves will get it, they'll knock it into Billy, and then he'll make that pass. He was quiet yesterday. It's we won the, I'm not knocking Billy Mitchell, he's probably my favourite player in, in the team. So I'm, I'm not knocking him at all, but it's we really one of his worst games yesterday. He, if, if there was normally a player to say, look, I, I'm going to get this going for us, or we'll certainly start attacks. Normally it's him, right? And he didn't even do that yesterday. I and mean, when he did, it was very placid and very sideways and just not very aggressive in what we were doing. But look, that, that was the whole team yesterday. We can't really no, start pointing fingers at individuals. It I'm was not, collectively a bad performance from one to eleven.
3: I, I'm not I'm not blaming the defenders for the because as people have been saying, that the the lack of goals isn't because our defence is bad, the lack of goals is because we're not is the front end of the pitch. It's just when you... Rauer is clearly wanting us to, to attack from the back. I know it sounds stupid, but he's he's asking, right, centre-arse, pick up, take the ball. They give it out to the full-backs or into the, the centre two, and then, then we spring into life. That's that's essentially in a nutshell what what the, the, the plan is. But it do not work because we don't have the players to... And this is why when people talk about the, the creativity being an issue. And we did create a lot of chances at Hull. You were there at Hull. I, I was watching it on a stream. Um But I don't recall us lumping it. No, we played some nice Hull. football
1: against Hull. We played really nice football against Hull. It was, one, again, one of the games that I'd seen where I thought we're back to what we kind of were last year and even when Rout first took over, because it was a real distinct way of playing when Route first took over. I mean, it it, it was it was nice. It was free-flowing. Yesterday, as I said, I don't know if it was them, I don't know if it was Arsenal, it was a combination of the two. But it was so bitty and disjointed. And as you said, we scored a great goal playing really nice football. But then outside of that, we couldn't or didn't or didn't want to or couldn't. We just couldn't string three passes together from anyone. And it was just, that has to fall on the players because you can't do it in one moment and then not do it in another. And just whilst we're on the kind of attacking and the defensive players, I, I highlighted it to you, I think it was a halftime I might have even been during the game, but we seem to have a front six that I would say want to play a certain style of football. And I would say they're all ball playing players. And I obviously say Billy Mitchell, Sav, whoever's playing out wide, Fleming and Bradders. We don't have a target man. So going long and direct doesn't seem to suit us. Fleming wants to get on the ball. Billy Mitchell wants to get on the ball. And Savile's obviously composed on the ball as well. But our back four, whoever it is, seem to want to go direct or have an inability to get the ball into midfield or into those players as quick as we can. I know we're saying we are very good defensively, and we are very good defensively. But if we want to change or progress into a really good football inside and not be a direct at the minute, I what I'm trying to my point here is what I'm what I think we are is a team of half players and half players. We don't seem to have a full eleven all singing off the same hymn sheet in terms of how we want to play going forward. And that's a big issue because as we saw yesterday, it's really disjointed. We scored a, ra- a great goal, as we keep saying. It was really good football, strong 25, 20 passes together. Tore them apart, ultimately. They didn't touch it. And then for the rest of the game, I got a sore neck because we didn't play a single pass along the floor. So we seem to be in a real in-between 11 players at the minute. And I think that's a big issue.
3: I think... It's funny because when you're winning games or you're doing well, you don't notice these things. But when you're not winning or, lose, or drawing or losing, you then these kind of sort of frailties are, are more highlighted, shall we say. And really, apart from, I would say, Rotherham on New Year's Day, and that was only 3-0, and Watford obviously had a 3-0 as well, we don't batter teams we don't score fours and fives sixes whatever we don't do that that's not our, that's not the way that it is we're winning games 1-0 2-0 2-1 whatever it might be and but we we were just taking the chances that were being created or taking a chance that was being created i mean i, I was talking about the Stoke game today stoke away i know they they been better recently, but they had more of the ball. We had one chance. Fleming had one chance and we went and scored from it. So the the first difference is that, like again yesterday, we created one good chance and scored from it, but we don't do it regularly enough. And we weren't doing it regularly enough even when we were winning games. It's just that the other team weren't putting the ball in the back of the net so no one cared because it was three points and you were moving up the table. (coughs) Excuse me. But now we're not winning games people are people are finally starting to, to realize or or starting to see well hold on a minute if we don't score our one chance or two chances in a game are, are, what what are we doing what like, what are we what, what's the what is the plan b and you're right the the attacking players the the I won't go with six. I'll go with the four because Billy Mitchell and Savile, I, I think, are more defensive. But I understand that they're more ball-playing than what our defenders are. So I, I get your point. But yesterday, Callum Styles, Oliver Burke, uh, Zian Fleming, Tom Bradshaw. Realistically, all four of them, Burke will get up and try and win headers, as will Fleming and Bradshaw. But... The one time that Burt looked It's not good, playing to their
0: strengths, right?
3: No. The one time Burt looked good, he was fed down the line, ball in the box. Styles, one time he looked good, ball into feet, turn, put it through, we score. Ball into feet, Bradshaw gets an assist. Fleming, who I'm sure, and I'm, this might be a prominent time to, to discuss this, Zian Fleming, whilst he is a very, very good footballer there, and he's got a lot of ability... He is not the answer to what we thought he was going to be. And the reason why he's not the answer that, to, to, to what we thought he was going to be is because he's been found out and he doesn't know how to, he do, he doesn't know how to deal with teams either marking him out the game or... Or only having a couple of moments of magic. We're Millwall. We're not gonna have magic all the time. We're not gonna have 50, 60% of the ball. When Fleming gets the ball, he needs to be doing something because he's he's the technically best player. It's not happening. No. It's not happening.
1: No. Totally agree. Before we go on to Fleming, let's wrap up the game itself then. And we'll move on to the rest of the. Well, we might as well. We we weren't going to talk about it. We've done 32 minutes on it. So, um, look, even at the time of when they scored, we weren't on top. We weren't pressing for a winner. If anything, they were getting more likely to catch us, not on the break, because we didn't have that much of the ball, but they looked dangerous every time they went forward, ultimately. And it was getting to the point where they were obviously pushing more and more men forward because they had to win. And again... It was quite a nice move by then. It was three passes. They were down the right-hand side. I think it was, was it Lang who caused his problems pretty much all day? Cut it back. We've actually let the guy, I think it was Asgard, who scored, have so much time on the edge of the box. He's actually been able to control it and pick his spot. I've seen some people again say Long maybe should have got a hand to it, but I'm not <coughs> going to blame him for that. And obviously then we go on to lose the game. Very disappointing result. And then there was a little bit of, I'm not going to say afters, but the the fans weren't happy, rightly so, and the players come over and there was a few players that decided that they weren't happy, that we weren't happy. What were your thoughts on that, mate?
3: Uh, Before we go on to that, uh, Scott Maloney's getting an absolute free ride if we're not going to mention his part in the build-up to their goal because what the hell he was doing to be beat By the bloke on the halfway line. We spoke about it with Danny McNamara and I'm not going to let Malone get away with it. If you are beaten by your man and you are shoulder to shoulder with him, bring him down. They were on the counter. You could clearly see that there was going to be a threatening situation and he just just did nothing. He just did absolutely nothing. You can't win the ball. You're on the defensive. Five minutes to go. A point yesterday would have been a really good result based on how bad the performance (laughs) was. It would have been how bad, how bad we played. a point coming away with, with a point there would have been absolutely superb under the circumstances. You're, you're five minutes away from that, you, which would then still keep you in the game to try and nick a winner, and he's just gone nah. And he he was running back, but there was no conviction in it. There was no, there was no. I'm going to win this ball. I'm going to take this guy. It was just oh, I've got to do it because I suppose I've got to look like I'm tracking back. It, I, I, I agree that Malone should have been playing, and I was pleased that he come back in. Obviously, unfortunate for Murray Wallace, but I'm not letting him get away with it. <laughs> no, chance. I think
1: I think his performance yesterday was amongst as bad as everyone was in the top two or three horrendous performances. To be perfectly honest, I thought mm. we cry out for him when we say how limited Murray Wallace is going forward, and he's always saying Malone's better. He was absolutely. Shocking yesterday, mm. and that is being very, very polite. The second half, all he did was get on the ball and smash balls across the pitch to Danny Mac, yeah. and we all know how good Danny Mac is technically and certainly going forward. But he wasn't giving him really any opportunity. It oh, was no. like, for someone who's as experienced as Malone was, you'd be looking for him to again maybe get on the ball a bit more and have a bit of composure and pick a pass. He was as uncomposed as anyone on the pitch at times. And as you said, defensively, yeah, he's got to bring the guy down on, 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 the edge of the, on the edge of our half and just stop that counter. But as we said, from one to 11 yesterday, I don't think anyone can probably come away from that with their head held high. Maybe Bradders, because he didn't have an opportunity. He got bashed up all afternoon. The only bit of quality that we gave him, he provided for someone else. Mm. I would say... And that's probably being generous, but and um, because we no, saw his I, mum and dad before the game.
3: <laughs> yeah, we can't, yeah, 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 and they were nice people as well. So we have to, they really um, yeah, we'll have to, yeah, yeah. Tom's all right. he's fine. Yeah. We'll let yeah. him off. We'll let him off this one. No, but to to be fair, though, on a serious note, you can't. I, I'm not blaming Bradshaw. He, it, he people will moan about, you know, it's and you. I know you've said he's quite a streaky striker, which he is. There's no denying that. But when you're served up the utter dross of of long balls that are hopeful. They're not even. Yeah, no they're purpose. not in aims.
1: Yeah, 100%. It's
3: like someone said on the coach on the way back, it was an older supporter, and it really surprised me because you always hear people talk about players back in the day, like your teddies, your cats, and, and even beyond that. And this guy sat around and said, he went, he, he was talking, I missed, he said, I missed, he was to the fellow you were sat with, I missed Steve Morrison and Lee Gregory. He said, because you knew that if you were going to go a, a bit, Longer, Morrison would win the majority of the headers, and Gregory would anticipate where the ball's going to go. That's why they work so successfully. If Tom yeah. Bradshaw does win a header, who the hell is going to be on the end of it? Yeah. There isn't anyone I, because he's the one that's flicking it on.
1: I, I think that's ultimately the issue, right? I think if we are going to be more direct, and let's let's be honest, we have been quite direct in, in recent years, whether that was not necessarily on the jacket, but we had the ability to at, at times. Then obviously with, with Harris, again, we were we were direct, but we played with a front two. So we always had, as you said, if we were someone knocking it onto someone, we would have an opportunity to win the second balls. Even if Paul Bradders does win it, we we're asking him to basically trap it on his neck with a centre-half down his throat and then try and trap it and pass it to someone in a, in a blue or red or yellow shirt. It's just not going to happen. And I think, no. yeah, I, I look, I said it yesterday on the way, but I really do feel for Bradders because for him to score the amount of goals he has this year and ultimately keep us in a position that we're somehow still hanging on with a little glimmer of hope is quite impressive. Because if we perform anywhere near that, I mean, it's just a complete waste of time. It might as well just not. Have him play, we might as well start with George Evans up front or Coops up front because it's a total waste of time doing what we do with brothers. But anyway, we've done 40 minutes on the game now. What about
3: Um, the end of yeah? To touch, yeah. I was gonna say to to touch on that. Look, the Rowett said he felt sorry for the players. That was his comment in the interview to to Mill Lions TV, Mill TV, whatever it is. Right, and I can understand where he's coming from because the players have put in a lot of it. It's not a lack of effort. It's and, and and to be clear, I'm not saying that our players are not trying and they're not putting in effort and they're not committed. I'm not saying that, but to to say that he feels sorry for the players, he is trying to turn them into Premier League footballers. And he's also trying to turn himself into a Premier League manager. Let's not, that's, that's, you know, we, 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 there's two sides to it. The players, sorry, the manager does have some criticism. He's got a lot of criticism from a lot of supporters and 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 perhaps some of it justified, some of it not. But that's part and parcel of being a football manager. The players have got to step up. They had to step up against Birmingham. They didn't. They thought they'd blown it. They had another chance. They had to step up yesterday. They didn't. Okay, we're now seventh only on goal difference, and there's still, as you say, a glimmer of hope. Because so obviously, there's the teams that have got games in hand as well. But you can't expect supporters. Twelve, nearly thirteen hundred fans turned up yesterday. I know people. And uh, you know, some people had shorter distances, and some people had longer distances, and some people went by car and coach and train and whatever whatever the thing mode was. To serve up that type of performance and not be able to take criticism is an absolute joke. You cannot expect paying fans and paying um, you know loyal fans because look, uh, there's people there yesterday I know personally that. Have been to every single game this year, home and away, whether it be on Boxing Day, New Year's Day, Wednesday treks to Swansea. They've been everywhere with them, and to serve them up that in the biggest game of the season with your biggest opportunity—if you can't take criticism, you are at the wrong football club. That is, that's the underlying thing. I left reasonably. I, I mean, I didn't. I I saw the full-time whistle. I didn't leave. I didn't leave the ground before that, but. As soon as the whistle went, I think everyone was just sort of well near where we were stood started to go, and I, I left. I did, I'll be honest with you, I didn't see what happened with Danny Mack. I didn't see what happened with any of the players, so I'm not going to comment on that. But if those things did happen and, and words were exchanged, sorry, but if you cannot accept criticism after the worst performance in the at the biggest moment of the season, you're at the wrong football club. This, this, well, you're the. Yeah, I mean everything you've
1: said there's there's spot on, mate. So just on the Danny Mack thing, he words were exchanged to a level of he came over to the fans, was clapping, and obviously got told where to go by the majority of fans. And he was kind of saying, Come on, you should be clapping us. And I don't think I said it yesterday in 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 our group chat, I don't think he's best placed to be doing that at the minute, whether he's milling through and through or not. Our most important run of games this season. He's arguably been our worst player on a consistent basis, um, and generally, as you said, for any of them to come back and, and let, let's have it right. Let's take it back a little bit. Before that, during the game, we obviously stood, sat together. There was booze pretty much mm. all throughout the second half. We, we, it, it was. I was surprised it was as calm as it was in the first half, in terms of how. We voiced our opinions, but it turned pretty quick in the second half and there was booze a lot of the time, certainly when we kept going long, certainly when we weren't putting any sort of passages of play together and we were really struggling. There was there was booze at that point, so it was always on a knife edge. For them to then go and nick a winner, obviously it turned worse. But as you said, for any player to turn around to us, whether you're at the game or not, for our most important game of the season and to serve... If we'd have got beat yesterday, and again, I said it in the group and I said it on Twitter, for us to get beat at any point, I can handle. to The way we performed yesterday in our biggest game, the biggest opportunity and another life that we've had after all the lives we've had over the last two or three weeks was just unacceptable for me. We looked... If, if someone had come into that game and didn't know where the two sides were... Without question, if you'd have asked a hundred people, every single one of them would have pointed at us and said, "They're the team at bottom of the league on forty points, thirty-seven or whatever it was at the time that we can were." So, yeah, I'm no, I'm not Danny Mac's best mate at the minute. I think he's been bad, as I said, in our most important passage of the season. And I don't really agree with him saying anything back to the fans yesterday because it was just that bad a performance as a collective. We were all right to have a bit of a moan at them. That being said, there's a number of players that I just want to call out now. And I've said it on the last few weeks. I spoke
3: Before you do that, though, I saw there was something about Fleming who'd gone over as well. So that, that...
1: Yeah, so that was that was obviously late in the second half. I can't remember if they'd already scored at that point. It was certainly the last ten minutes, and he was just going out. Like he was trying to get the crowd going because obviously we were obviously quite flat. There was he did, I, I didn't see anything after the game of him saying anything back to the crowd, mm-hmm. but what he did do was try and get us going in the second half. Um, that's all I saw from him.
3: Fine. I, I, I saw that there was some talk about Fleming with the supporters. Again, that, it may have been that. But again, yeah. What, what, what do they expect to try and get the fans going when they're playing at, at, at that level of performance? I mean, we, again, going back to the game, we had two chances just in the start of the second half. I think Fleming had a shot that was tipped over and then Malone had a shot that the keeper made a save very early on about 55 50 55 minutes we didn't have another shot on goal for about 30 minutes yeah it wasn't even on goal it was i think it was billy mitchell who shot it oh, across yeah. that bar. was
1: that was really late on as well i think that but, was in 90 plus
3: so you're looking at uh, nearly an entire half of football what what makes them think by saying to the fans come on League, you know get behind us what makes them think that that's going to work it's just it's just look, we have got some good players. We've got some average players. We've had a good season. Okay, no, let me let me start that again. We've had a good two-thirds of a season. This third is unravelling everything. And this third is showing just why perhaps... And I'm not going to start another debate because we'll be here for hours. But it's starting perhaps why other clubs, other, other, other supporters have said that Rowett will take you to a point. And that's
2: it. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today.
0: Picture the scene. All of your mates around. You've got your McNugget share boxes ready to go. Partner this with your team playing champagne football. Perfect. Order mug delivery now on the McDonald's app. There's nothing quite like a McDelivery. At participating restaurants, 18 plus,
3: serving times,
0: delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Why this
3: bunch of players will take you to a point and that's it. Because as I said at the start of the piece, we've got grafters, we've got utility players and we've got a safety first manager. And you put all of that together and you're going to get one real hard work inside that are, going to, are really going to give you everything. And you can't ask for much more than that in terms of effort and commitment, but that doesn't win you enough games of football. It just doesn't.
1: Yeah, again, totally agree. Um, I was going to say just generally now about our main men in this period of, of games that we've needed to win. Um, just another mention on Fleming. I'll be touched on him in that game. Again, I saw people yesterday saying, that it's no good the way we play. It doesn't help Fleming, yada, yada, yada. And I really respect that point of view because if it goes over his head, he can't get on the ball, right? But I've also seen him in games, Hull being a prime example. We had a lot of ball. We had a lot of good passing plays. Birmingham, again, I these are only recent games. There's obviously a lot more than, than this that we could probably call upon. But Birmingham, again, We were pretty much camped in their half, second half, and we had the ball in and around their box. Yesterday, where we just needed someone, as I said, to grab the game by the balls and just drag us through it. We've almost lauded him this season, and probably rightly so, because he has single-handedly won us quite a few games, right? But if he wants to progress into a Premier League footballer, and again, I think I spoke about this in the the Birmingham um, review that we did, He needs to do more. Yesterday, I I mean, I didn't even, apart from him being in the goal and tenderness to to come on and liven up as the fans, I couldn't tell you a single thing that he did, but you said he had that shot in the second half. I'd forgotten all about it. But uh, as our main man, as our stalwart, as our star man that everyone reports before the games, he's not doing enough. And at a crucial game in the, sorry, a crucial period of the season where we need someone just to get us through a game, he hasn't done it. What's your thoughts on Fleming's form?
3: So, it's interesting. and I, I'm not going to be factually correct here. I mean, you might be able to get these stats up so to, to kind of prove my point. But Fleming's got 14 goals in the league, right? So, from memory, three were against Preston away. Two were against Middlesbrough at home in that win at the Den, right? So, that's five of his... 14 right so we then take that down to 9 so 9 goals we've played 44 games i know he's, he was injured for a couple at the start so fleming's probably played about what 38 games 39 games so take out the two take out the two games where he scored five so we drop it down to 36 he's got nine goals in about 36 35 36 games right that's one every four yeah, yeah. That's not, and and the assist. Now, I I have a slight bit of sympathy with him with the assist because he's created a lot of chances. It's not his fault if the bloke on the other end of the chance don't put the ball in the back of the net. I can um, I can accept that to a certain extent, right? But I I love Fleming. I think he's a really good player, and I, I again I don't want it to come across that the blame's all on him. But if you really delve into the stats and look at the numbers that he's producing, you say we, it works out nine in about 35, 36. He's scored from knowledge, from, from Norwich onwards, which I don't know how many fixtures that is. I think he's got three goals in about 12, 13 games at our biggest stage of the season. It's not enough.
1: Well, if you take it from the Norwich game, where he got, I've just got it up now, he got a goal and an assist. He's yeah. got one goal and one assist since then, both of which are in the same game against Preston. So if you go on from the Norwich game, on next then being Reading away to now, he's got one goal, one assist, which were both in the same game.
3: I mean, he, I, to be fair, he did win the penalty at Reading, so I, I, I'll include that as, as a as a chance created. Because but still, team. he's
1: now gone from yeah. as we say one in four to if you look at that, it's nine games since Norwich, he's got one goal and one assist. He's now in one yeah. and, one in nine at our most important time of the season,
3: and that's that's there lies the problem. And. Look, I think we've... And a lot of people will go, ah, but you've said on shows that Fleming's this and Fleming's that. Zian Fleming, at this level, is a really good footballer. He's technically very, very good. There's two problems. One, he's probably in the wrong type of team. He needs to be in a team where it's a bit more free-flowing and a little bit more one-touch, two-touch, one-twos, little flicks around the corner. And secondly, Fleming... Has come over to this country. His agent, his dad, whatever it is, has, has basically said to him, "This is how you're going to get to the top, son. This is how you're going to get yourself a Premier League move and the big money and maybe into the Dutch squad." Blah blah blah. Right? If 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 he if scouts are looking at him over the last month or so, he ain't getting a move. He ain't. He's not getting a move. It's just not going to happen. And because there's other players that are playing in the championship in a similar position that are doing it on a consistent basis. Now, again, we've both said on our, on shows, on the podcast, I know we have, because we've, we've, we've had this discussion a lot, how good Fleming is, and he is a good player. If he needs to add consistency and he needs to find a way, like you said, against Birmingham, we had a lot of the ball, but he didn't, he didn't get on the ball. And he you know to what? He way.
1: But yeah, I and mean, that's exactly it. And I, the reason why I brought this up is because I watched the Arsenal Saints game on Friday, right? And I know what you're going to say, were, I know exactly. They what were you're 3 going 1 down, and Gary Neville said, or Carragher, whoever's on commentary, get Odegaard on the ball. Yeah. He's your best player yeah. and he's your most composed player. And it made me just think at that time, right? and I was sat there going, I mean, I've raised it before, Fleming's Thornton, right? But it just made me think, how many times in games where we are struggling, we, do we just go, give it to Zian, give it to Zian, give it to Zian. He's our best player. He'll make something happen. And I don't know, again, is that we can't get him the ball or is it his consistency not allowing, ha- allowing him to get on the ball? Is it the opposition now working him out and man-marking him a bit? What is yesterday where you look around and you want your big players to step up when we're not playing well to go and win us the game go and get your best player on the ball and I can't remember again a time where he made a forward pass got it in behind the fullbacks, got it into Bradder's feet just allowed us to get forward there was not a single time where I didn't even really see him running around demanding the ball like do you know what? Even if he had done sort of a Harry Kane and almost gone, I'm going to get into Billy Mitchell's role just to get on the ball here. I need to influence the game. He didn't do that. And that's what I want to see from him. He's our best player. There's no question about that. And you know what? We probably wouldn't be in this position that we are in or have been in if it wasn't for him and no, obviously no. Bradders. So I don't want this to come across like I'm saying he's useless, blah, 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 because that's not what I'm saying. All I'm wanting him to do is, or have wanted him to do over these last few weeks, is... Just go and make something happen for us. As I've said, you are our best player. You're our most technically gifted player. Go and win us a game. Go and do something for us. Just get a bit of life into the team. And I haven't seen that from him in our most important run of games.
3: No. And, and this is the thing. And this is where, again, I'm not blaming Zian Fleming for us being out of form. because No, and I'm
1: not either. It's I'm not. not.
3: That's not what I, I think most people would understand that. But. <sighs> We we were so reliant on Jed Wallace for year after year after year. The difference between Jed and Fleming was that Jed Wallace would run himself into the ground and look busy and look like he was trying to do so. It didn't always work. I mean, did you see any did you watch the West Brom Sunderland game? Did you watch any bits of it? bits? But Wallace weren't really involved in the goal. And He didn't have an awful lot, but he was he was running around, he was trying to win tackles, he was trying to win the ball back. And and they're the sort of things that the support, the mill supporters could he would do that with us. He would he yeah. would try. It's not that Fleming's not trying, but Fleming's not going to be that sort of player that's gonna do he's not gonna do what that kind of role. Fleming wants the the time on the ball to pick a pass, to to pick the top corner, bottom corner, and this, that, and the other. And as I say, I think we were getting the best out of Fleming and Bradshaw over a period of time. And it was almost as if the the players were kind of like, oh, Z will get us out of trouble. Bradders will get us out of trouble. And more often than not, they did. They did. And then all of a sudden, it doesn't work for a game. And it doesn't work for a second game. And it's like, oh, hold on a minute. What what, what are we going to do? And Rawat's alluded to it. Rawat's alluded to it massively. The, the other players have got have had to stand up and be counted for. The other players had to take the burden off of Bradshaw and Fleming's back and say, "I'm going to be a match winner. I'm going to be a goal scorer." And to be fair, George Shabbal did score a goal. It was another player out of the two, but one's not enough. And and as I say, just a final piece on Fleming, and and this is having sin him for a whole season and. Now, minus two games, um, my my overall kind of review on him is that he is a very good footballer at this level. He probably does have the attributes to go on and play in the Premier League at some point. However, he is going to have to find a way of influencing games when the team that, if it's us or whoever he is. He's got to find a way of influencing games when they're struggling because it's very easy to do it when things are going your way, but when it's not going your way and you're not influencing it, you just look like you're having a shrub. And that's just yeah. what, that, that's all I'd have for that. And and look, I hope he doesn't go in the summer because I think I honestly think we've had we've got a lot out of him this year, but I really think we could get more out of him in, at this level. We really could with just a few tweaks. But I don't think that's going to come soon enough. I think Fleming will leave before we play a different style of football.
1: Yeah. Again, agree. Agree with that, mate. Um, yeah, I feel we've, we've done nearly an hour on the on, on
3: yesterday's game. So sorry, mate. chaps. We've been <laughs> taking it. Um, we can delay this going now. It's fine. We, we can, can delay. delay it yeah, it's fine. It's fine. On, it's not a problem.
1: So, where's it all gone wrong, mate? The last six games because. I said in my preview of yesterday's game that if we didn't win, I just felt mentally the club would would just be in the wrong place. I mean that from the players, the fans, everyone. I certainly feel, well, the fans now are, are done, right? They, I know today's given us a slight glimmer of hope again. And if we beat Blackburn on the final day, it might change things. But as it stands, it's out of our hands, right? Blackburn and West Brom have got a game in hand on us. If they win yeah. those, they go into the playoffs Six. above yeah. us. And I know they've got difficult games, but as it stands, we're not in it. Where's it gone wrong?
3: Um, January. I think January is.
1: Oh, it's that bloody thing, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> you back, mate? That was that like alarm for anyone realizing why it was a delay.
3: <laughs> yeah, I have just been told by the government about that fancy alarm, which is um, great. So they've interrupted my flow nicely. Great. Yeah. Um, <laughs> no, January is um, January is the reason why the club have have faltered. I think we had the best opportunity to to make a real statement at this level and to really push home an advantage that that we'd had and they failed to do it and it's not that they failed to bring in players it's not that they brought in players that they uh, like Burke they knew and, and what who were safe options so they probably had warmed up way before they were contingency plan basically if everything went wrong right the one Thing that they did that is unforgivable is that they let Gary Rowett go into the remainder of the season with one recognized striker. A phobie, a phobie was had to go, he was not the answer. I'm not saying he was at all, he was the it was right for him to go. But why would you let a Laffy go? I know there was nothing to suggest that he was going to be a decent goal scorer, but. You had to have someone just to give Bradshaw a break, knowing that that uh what's his face uh Bennett was, was going to be hit and miss and obviously, you know, when he does take a knock, he's out for a while. To leave Rowett with just one striker, and that happened at the start of because a phobia and a laffey deals were tied up before the January transfer window even opened. That we already knew they were going. So from the from the end of December, they've gone, right, Tom, you're on your own, son. Good luck. And that's that's that is that's that's the worst decision that the club's made. Yeah, okay, we were fine for through February and March, and we built up some points and got up the table. And people will go, "Oh, it's the last few games." But the reason we're in the position of the last few games is because the planning and the preparation in January was so poor. Well, I think that's, if you take
1: a, a game like yesterday as is an isolated incident, we
2: had
1: no. I mean. We, Chris has spoken about this. Joe's spoken about this. We've all spoken about it, right, on the pod. We have no plan B. To be fair, we didn't even know what plan A was yesterday. But plan (laughs) B, we had nothing, right? What are we going to do? We put Burke down the middle after we took Bradders off. And if we think he's going to be our second striker, which ultimately he has been when Bradders has gone off, he's either come on for Bradders or if he's been on the pitch at the time has been moved down the middle. What are we what were we thinking because he's never been prolific never will be prolific never gonna get you an important goal he's actually been better than most in recent weeks I don't give him too much of a hard time but for us to look at him and be like he's going to be our second striker as you say is just mad and whilst we were on that point of recruitment and January even if we'd have brought in the chat from his Nesbit right I mean it seems there's rumors again that he's he's might be coming in the summer. What he, he's another Tom Bradshaw style player, right? From what I understand, he's a, a fox in the box, number nine. He's not your big bruising target man that we all seem to see or think that we need if we're going to play quite direct. So it'd be interesting to see if he had come in. Would we have just swapped them to in and out, in and out? When I mean, Brad has been off a bit yeah. of for me to come in, what would we have? Are we, What I'm trying to get at is, are we trying to build a side to be a better footballing team, which I would argue we are from the signings that we've made and the types of players that we have got? Because the likes of Styles, I think, are really good footballers. And just while I'm on him, I, I, I feel like he's going to end up going to another club in the Championship and we'll go, what a player he is. How did we not sign him? Do mm. we have an option to buy him, his, his loan deal? I think so. I think, we so. Do, I think we they do, to, but it's have to snap him up.
3: But... The thing with that is, but he signed a deal with Barnsley, didn't he, to make sure that they got a fee because he would have. It, it, it was all a bit of a funny transfer. It came out that he'd signed the deal, but he was going out on loan to to a Championship club, which basically meant that they 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 wanted to make sure they got a fee, and I think he he agreed to that. Mill agreed to it. I saw a figure of about one and a half million touted that Mill would have to pay for him. I don't know if that's. I don't. Well, know that's our summary true. budget going. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. Again, that's an alleged figure. I don't know how true that is, but it wouldn't. He it wouldn't surprise me because Barnsley can do that because he's just he signed a new deal.
1: Like, well, Barnsley are now looking like they're near enough going to be promoted,
3: right? Uh, well, they're in the top six. They're in the but top they, six in in League One. I so mean, they, I they, think,
1: but they they still have a.
3: Are they? No, I don't think so. I think Ipswich. I think Ipswich, Sheffield Wednesday, and Plymouth are running away a little bit with it now. They might have a sniff. Uh, yeah, they're,
1: they're they're five points behind. Sorry, six points behind Ipswich with a game in hand. Sorry, no, so they've little. got. So yeah, they're they're in the
3: in the playoffs, right? Yeah. The playoffs. So they could they could stay up. So they could go up through the playoffs, and then they're going to think, well, hold on a minute. We, he's, it, it, people think he's quite good. We might we might keep it. I don't know. I don't know, but. I would keep Styles if the figures right. If it's 1.5 million, that questions Just need to be asked, him. and we need, yeah, we need to have a little bit of a think about it. But the only I would, thing would try on that to the keep thing, him.
1: What I would say is, he's a good player, right? It, it's going to be a budget thing. I, what, if it was one and a half million, I would say for most championship clubs, that's going to be a really good signing. For us, mm. I'd say that's almost going to be all of our budget gone, right? So that's going to be the issue. Is he worth blowing our whole budget on in the summer?
3: Let when me ask you call- a different way. Let me ask yeah. you a different way, right? And I think I know what you're going to say to. I know exactly what you're going to say to this. An offer comes in for Zian Fleming. Do you take it and then go out and buy four or five players, including Callum Styles, of that kind of quality and and that kind of ability? You spend sort of a couple of million on a few different positions. In that sense, Callum Styles for one and a half million is absolutely fine. If we don't get an offer for Fleming and the transfer budget is three million, do you buy do you buy Callum Styles?:
1: Do you know what? That's a really tough question. I think the three million figures that at three million, I think it's a genuine 50/50. I, personally I would say yes because I really like him, I know he's been injured but already in the time he's come back we've seen glimpses of what he can be for us, right, and as I keep saying, if we want to change the way that we all want to play, we need players like that in the side on your first point, if we got off of Fleming 100% no-brainer I would say if we say we got 10 mil for him and the fee is 1.5 mil, I, th- I would say absolutely no-brainer, just get him in the door, if it's Three mil, we're blowing half our budget. Okay, let, I mean, me, let again, me ask you a question then. If it was, do you think we could get someone of his quality for any cheaper? That's, I think that's a bigger question. Can we get anyone in for his quality? And again, I'm not lording him like the Messiah, so any viewers don't think I am or listeners don't think I am, but I'm just... We're we're in a, we're in a very difficult market, right? I mean, we always say this about Mill. We tend to go after people's cast-offs or people, players that aren't getting the side or coming back from a long in, long injury or whatever. We just don't seem to be. We don't have the ability to go and cherry pick the best players, even from League One sides, right? Because we don't seem to be able to to do that for whatever reason. We've got an option to buy here on a, on a Hungarian international who's a good player. Can we go and get? a better player on a free transfer or a lower fee anywhere else? And I would argue no.
3: I'm not deflecting the question, but, <laughs> but I have but, another. Um... <laughs> where, where is Callum Styles' best position?
1: Yeah, well, again, that's an interesting one, right? Because I was, as I said, at the top of the, co- uh, at the, top of the um, show, I was quite surprised that he'd started wide left. But... I, we, we, if you're buying you it for one and it. a half
3: million, if you're buying it for one and a half million, you're saying, I personally think you're saying, and the club would be saying, he's going to be starting. Because you're yeah. not going to spend one and a half million on someone at our level, at our club, and just sit him on the bench. It's not going to happen. So no. where do they? Where would they play him?
1: Well, I, I, think we, a, I think we've got a bit of a luxury, right? Because we've got Mason Bennett's out of contract. Burke's going to be going back. So there's definitely going to be a position, I would say, wide left. And Murray Wallace, we've all kind of agreed, I think, that his time's probably up now with the season that he's had, or he's not going to be at the club as a starting left back, would be my opinion. I would say he he could either play left back or left wing is what I'm what I'm saying. So I would say there's there's an option to play him in either position.
3: If you're gonna if you're gonna right. (laughs) If we're gonna sign Callum Styles, right. Callum Styles has to play and if you're gonna buy him, you've got to he's got to have a regular spot. I would, if they're gonna buy him, he's a left back. End of for me, end of discussion. Because if you're signing someone for one and a half See, million to play I'd, I'd out think
2: wide,
1: think He's a left winger because he's got more technical ability than most <laughs> in the side. So that's an
3: interesting one. But SA. Look. SA, if, if, if all the talk about Sa, if, listen. I don't. I'm not. I'm not a hundred percent. I'm not a hundred percent on on the fact that Rowett's talking about him being a starter. I think he's going to get more game time next year. and I think he should get more game time. But if he's going to start, I honestly, honestly think that we need to come away from these built left back, big, strong, physical. You got to have a couple of centre halves who are quite big. Fine, I get that. If you if we sign Callum Styles he has got to play at left back he has and give him a position don't I, I am I honestly and it really frustrates me and I talk about it all the time these utility player crap I don't want utility players sign him and p- put him in a position and keep him there don't flick him between the two because Unless something drastic happens, you've got like 10 injuries and you have to play someone out of position. That's fine. You know, I'm not going to, I wouldn't moan at that. But we need to start buying players and saying to them, this is your role. This is what we're bringing you in for. Go and do it. And I think with Styles, this is why I don't like, I, I like Callum Styles and I think he's very good on the ball. But he only gets to play in midfield when someone doesn't play. He only gets to play out wide when someone doesn't play. He needs to be given a home if you will of a position and stick to it and I think left back is the one spot where we really have to make sure we improve next year. Where, really have um, to make sure we improve.
1: Where did he play for Barnsley? Did he did he play for He was a left Barnsley? I
3: think he was a left wing back. He played at left wing back. And and uh, look uh, look signing a decent left back isn't going to solve all of our problems, but I think that's one position we we've, we've got to look at. It's it's uh, uh, and You've got one at the club. You've seen him. You know how good he is. I would, I would, I, I would sign him, and I would put him there. I, I just think we have to come away from, and this is why. You know, I saw some people spouting some really ridiculous names of of players that we should be going in for because people just think that if you play football manager and you can sign them on there, then you can sign them on. You can sign them in real life. It doesn't work like that. If they don't want to move to London, for example, they're not going to move to London. It, it's it's quite straightforward. But yeah. there's some. There are players out there. There, there's got to be players out there that are, are specific to, uh, to wide right, wide left, left back, uh, striker, that don't have this. Oh well, I can play in other positions. And you know, look at Fleming. I know sometimes he gets pushed out to the left. But Gary Rowett starts with Zian Fleming in that attacking midfield position. It, regardless of the opponent, regardless of anything, because that's his position. We need more of that. That's what we need. And that's why with Callum Styles, I like him. But I I, I really thought before he got injured at Cardiff, I really thought he was going to nail that left-back spot. I didn't think Murray Wallace was going to get back in. And the only reason he did was because of an injury. And I think you say to him, Callum, we want you. We've got the option to buy it. You're our left-back. That's your spot that's, for the season.
1: When we did our Wigan preview, I think that's why... I'd said I would like him to play at left back because it also gives an opportunity then for SA to potentially start or Hmm. Mason Bennett to start. You then start to look and that's actually a a technically gifted attacking left-hand side, right? Which is what we're all saying we want to cry out for. And certainly games like yesterday where we struggled, that would have suited, I I, I would have thought. I was almost surprised at one point that when Styles went off, I know he's been injured and... Probably couldn't last the 90 that Malone was having such a shocker that we didn't do that. We didn't put him at left back. Mm. And as I said in my, in my in our preview of my team selection, just say don't even bother about defending. Just get on the ball. Get it off, Coops. Get it off, Hutch. You're the main man. You can play these passes into midfield. Mm. You are technically better than most or certainly all of us at the back. So go and get it. Um but yeah, it's an interesting one, Stiles. So I, I I like him. Um, it's a shame he's been injured and out for so long. So I think we would have seen a really decent player. I think, yeah. There.
3: And uh, look, the, going back to the transfer window in January, and I'll, I'm going to add on to that moving forward. There's players out there that are available, whether it be free, whether it be under the contracts, whether it be that they're unhappy, unsettled, whatever the case may be, or lower in League 1, League 2, whatever the problem we've got and it's always the same is that we never know what our budget is we never know how much money we've got to spend and I know not all clubs come out and tell people how much they're buying players for but we are so hush hush on all of our transfer window and all of our our business and dealer. even Fleming Fleming's figure has been reported to be about four different figures because no one actually really knows what what it is yeah. we don't know it's a record transfer that's all we know that, that and that's as far as it goes when you're going to buy a player and it goes out on record how much money we are going to be spending on Nesbitt or we're going to be spending on Nesbitt I don't care what anyone says no and I know I know I got absolutely shot down for this at the time if that figure was incorrect Rowett or the media team or the recruitment team would have come out and gone no, we're not. It, it was it. It wasn't. It, it was all, you know, quiet. And then all of a sudden, he was having a medical. So there must have been some truth in the figure that we were we were prepared to pay. I'm not saying that it's easy to go and find a replacement, and everybody knows what money you've got. But automatically, we should be going into this transfer window, and we should be, we should have around two two point 2. two million pounds to go out and buy players with. Carlton Morris cost two million pounds. He's firing Luton to the playoffs. So you can do it. You can do it, but you just, you have to be brave. They try yeah. to do it with Nesbitt. I get that. I understand that. But that money, they cannot come out and say that money's not there. They can't do it now. They have to go out and spend it.
1: Yeah. It's an, sh- interesting, it's an interesting one with the budget, right? Because we probably, I get the reasons why the club don't do it, because they probably think we aren't as well off as other clubs. We don't spend as much as other clubs. So we probably try and drive a bargain, right? When we speak to other clubs, certainly about transfers. However, as you said, I think if the inevitable now happens and we don't make the top six, we are all going to be saying, or certainly it's all going to be, it's going to be raised by everyone that our January wasn't good enough. And ultimately that's what's been a big part or a part in us not reaching the top six. If, we would have known about other targets or potential other targets the club may have gone after, we could have at least, or they could have at least had a bit of a barrier to say, well, look, we did try and get these players in because all we know about is Nisbet, right? And then we know of, as we've said, we're probably all in agreement that Burke and Watmore were probably contingency plans, but if we'd have come out and we'd have heard more and the club would have not confirmed it, but at least given us an idea that we're targeting other players, we would have said, OK, we at least tried for three or four strikers. It just didn't happen for whatever reason. Mm. Club, It was out of our budget. It's so hush-hush that you can probably look at it both ways. But in this instance where we, as I say, are looking very likely that we won't get into the top six now, it's a it's a negative for the club because we're saying, well, we had it, we could have, we should have taken a punt on someone. We needed someone. The club knew we needed the body in there or bodies to help Brad us out, and we haven't done it. And ultimately, that's why we've we failed.
3: The 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 other thing I think as well, I think the club are so worried that someone's going to come in and outbid them. That's why they don't say anything because they know that other clubs can outbid
1: that, them. That's my point. We seem to be hmm. always trying to drive a bargain, right? And we're always it, trying to.
3: Yeah, it's it's look there's so many problems with the transfer dealings, but it's been the same for a while now. It's only, it's only really been in the last couple of recent years where we signed Bradshaw for a record or Leonard for a record fee, then Bradshaw, no, sorry, Bradshaw, then Leonard, then, you know, um, Fleming, all these players have come in, like we are spending more money. So they are, they do realize that they do have to invest a little bit more, but ultimately, Any football club or any owner of a football club or the managers and this, that and the other will always say that they could probably, unless you're Man City, right, you could always find a little bit more quality somewhere. There's always a player somewhere else you'd go, I'd like him or let's try and get him. And for us. I think that. I honestly think that in January, they thought that they were going to get a, a quality player in Nesbitt and it never happened. So they had to bring in the contingency plan. we That's what most people think. But take it back to the summer transfer window, which is why I'm interested in what they're going to do this time, especially now that it's unlikely that we're going to go into the playoffs or have a chance of getting promoted. Rowett built a squad for five at the back, five, Two, three, or five, three, two—whatever, however, you, whatever the, it worked out as—and that's what—that's how his squad was assembled this transfer window. And I'm—I'm um, sure if Rowett stays, and I'm sure that will be maybe another point for another day. Rowett has to find a way of bringing in players into this squad to attack and to score goals. He needs to be. He, we need probably four or five players that are going to get us the goals that we were missing this year. That's not going to be easy to do. It's really not going to be, unless you sell Fleming and then you, 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 you take a chance on bringing in players that are not, that don't know the f- surroundings. So look, Transfer window, transfer dealings is, is in my opinion, I know people will say Rowett and the tactics, and people will probably absolutely slaughter us for saying that the tactics over the last couple of weeks are the reason why we haven't made the top six. It's got nothing to do with that. It's to do with the fact that we that Rowett has built a squad and has been given players or inherited players that are all much of a much, that are all samey. I've said it a few times. You can put all of our wingers' name in a hat, pull it out and just tell them how oh, you're playing today. Because they're all the same. That's the problem. The, the The transfer dealings over the last the last window was built for a system that was sacked off in October. And this transfer window, we didn't have the bottle to really go for it and bring in a player. That's why, at come the end of the season, we're struggling. Because we don't have the quality that the other teams around us have.
1: Yeah, look, I, I do agree with that. And I do want to just touch upon the route piece. I know we've been going for a while now. So if anyone does listen to this when it gets put out, they're probably falling asleep or <sighs> they've got high blood pressure with us moaning for an hour and 20 minutes. But just on the route piece, it's an interesting one because I think we'll ultimately look back on his tenure, whether he leaves in the summer or not, and go, it was a very successful time as a Millwall manager. Yeah. We've nearly got into the playoffs pretty much every season. Maybe now, what you said again at the top of the call, Stephen, that... All the other clubs he's managed, they will say he gets to a certain point and we can't progress. That might be the case. But look, ultimately, I believe we've just lacked quality at a vital stage of the season. Again, I know we've been chasing it in previous years. This year, we've we've, we've chucked it away. There's no way to, to sugarcoat it. But I do believe if we miss out this year that he might move on. Um, I just think we will. He will have got to a point of saying, "I don't know if I can take him any further." That being said, in his post-match interview yesterday, it didn't seem like that at all. It seemed like he was still quite not upbeat, but he had a bit of life in him. He wasn't like, "Oh, we've 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 really fucked this up." It, it, it was he it was quite energetic, right? Um, I do think on that, and just on his just on his tactics. Look, I, I do think we have. I think we've actually got to look at it the other way. I think he's done wonders with a very average team. And I said that in our group chat last night. And people will probably argue at me and say, yeah, but he's bought most of these players in or the recruitment team have got these players in. Yeah, probably rightly so. But ultimately, I still don't think they are good enough. So I think he's done very well with an average team. And if you look at the teams that are around us, they almost all have better
3: quality going forward than us. I no, I'm. I've never. I've never ever been Rowett out. Even early on in the season, we you know there was a lot of talk of it. I did something had to change, but it was never that I thought it, it was. We all knew it was the system. That the system wasn't working. Early early doors, Fine, it that was changed. Rowett's tactics are always going to come under criticism because it's been so publicised at previous clubs Stoke and Derby. Just how boring and and negative and they they hate him. And that's always going to be on the Mill fans' minds. And of course, we, you know, none of it. We didn't want to turn up to Wigan yesterday and watch us play hoofball. Nobody wanted that. And but again, it, the players have to take some kind of responsibility. On Rowett leaving at the end of the season or going, I think if he chooses to stay, we have to be competing in the top six by Christmas. Otherwise, he's gone. There's the, the fans won't have it. And, and it will it will become a bit of a toxic situation, but I'm also interested in we're going to obviously we're going to the awards night in uh, two, week? yeah, two weeks yeah two weeks
2: um
3: yeah not this Friday next Friday, and obviously the season won't have finished by then there'll be one game there'll be the Blackburn game to go and but by that time you'll ki- I think you'll kind of. It, it alive. It will be done. I think. Uh, you know. I, I know we might want people. Not you. You said you don't want any hope anymore before we come on the call. Yeah, but no. um, <laughs> but it might be done by the time we come to the end of season awards. Which then I think will make it a little bit uh, not sad, but it will be made a bit. bit obviously, it would have been a lot better if we'd have been in the top six. But I'm interested to hear what he has to say. I mean, I've done a couple of them in the past under Harris, and Harris was really upbeat. Admittedly, it was one of the seasons we we nearly got into the top six in the championship, the first season back. So he is going to be upbeat. But they were—he was really positive. He spoke really well about the club, and and it was really you really felt like something was cooking. He, he had a he had a plan, and and you know the players bought into it. And I just wonder. Because it's very easy for Rowett to say things to his players behind closed door. And it's easy for him to have conversations with his coaching staff on the board. But there's fans there on the night. and The fans are going to be expecting him. To, they're going to expect him to say, he's got to say something. He cannot just sugarcoat it or brush it under the carpet. Because what will happen, not that anyone would cause trouble. I, I'm not suggesting that for one minute. But someone will go up to him and ask. they will ask him the question. You can't just walk away from it. So he's going to have to address it, and I think you'll know a lot more about where his mindset is. Admittedly, we still could have a chance of the top six, so it might it may be a little bit of a, a difficult one to judge on. But I think you'll have an understanding on what his longer term future is, or what he thinks his plan is, because um, you don't you can't you can't sugarcoat it with supporters. Supporters know the score. There's no, there's going to be no getting away from it. That if he's going to stay, then he, then he and the board need to rectify the wrongs from this season.
1: Yeah, again, agreed, mate. Pretty much agreed with everything you said on the show so far. Um, <laughs> but yeah, it will be an interesting, It'll be interesting to see what he says. As, as I said, listening to his post match yesterday and with all the disappointment and how bad we performed, I didn't get the feeling like he was deflated. I mean, he can't be, I suppose, again, who so is still hope that we can get in the top six. But mm. as I said, again, for me, it was such a big game now. I think mentally it would have taken them out of the players. I think they would have seen how the fans reacted yesterday. The fans are... Uh, it's a weird one because we I feel like we're at a, at a season low at the minute because we have chucked it away, even when we went through that bad patch at the start of the season and it was probably looking like it was going to be a difficult year. We seem really... It, it, I mean, yeah... It was emotional yesterday, it was frustrating yesterday, it was draining, it was everything you can imagine that's negative, right? So, it was interesting to see him come out ultimately in that post-match interview and just still seem like there was a little bit of life left in him. And as I say, he probably has to because we still can mathematically get into the top six. We're going to need a miracle, I think. Yeah. It was interesting. Anyway, we've done nearly an hour and a half now, mate. So... (laughs) We Should probably wrap
3: up um, when uh, do you know what though? Before you say that, just for the benefit of the listeners, if anyone's still listening at this point, and if you are, then I'm really sorry that you're now really yeah, depressed really whenever you hear well. this. But Ben texted me yesterday, I was on the coast on the way home, he was like, Can we do the show tomorrow? and I was like, He just wants a rant, it's fine, it's fine, <laughs> yeah, we'll do it. It's fine, no, no, seriously. It, no, I think, I think we're just two Mill supporters that were there yesterday, two of what the nearly thirteen hundred, but across the world thousands of fans that probably tuned into the game, whether it be a stream or whether it be, you know abroad and uh, whatever however the scenario was and we're just two fans that are frustrated we've got our opinions just like everybody else and unfortunately we know we know as fans we're no different than any other supporters just for the again this is for the benefit of the listeners at home we are no different to any other supporters obviously we do this podcast so you hear our opinion more than maybe what we hear yours but the frustrating thing is is that we have ultimately thrown this away and we've thrown it away for our own failings. It's not that we've been second best, you know, to teams, because in some games we've lost, we haven't been. The club have thrown it away. And sometimes it might be good to have a little bit of a rant, which is what we've done. You might enjoy this, you might not, but I'm sure you can appreciate that we were there yesterday. It was incredibly frustrating. And ultimately, we're, we're not very happy with with how the season's ending. So hopefully the listeners have stuck it out at this point and, and, and ma- they might agree <laughs> with us. I wouldn't have blamed you if you hadn't, by the way, because it's no, just been and no. a half of ranting, but yeah. <laughs> they, they might agree are. with us. They, they might not, but ultimately, and as I say, if you have, but put, pop some comments, we do read them just for end the benefit of the guys out there. We do Positive read the comments. And we do take, yeah, we do take the feedback on board. We do discuss it sort of as the pod about things that perhaps maybe we can be better at or improve. So, um, yeah, by all means, drop us a message and, and we're happy to, to take that on just, board.
1: mate, one last question before we do wrap up. That's
3: oh, god, an
1: obvious one. <laughs> please, are, we, please are, stop. We, are we? Are we what? what? Are we making the top six?
3: <laughs> uh, I thought I'd give it given,
1: given when this has come out and everyone knows the score now with uh Sunderland and, and West Brom. Obviously, Sunderland have just won.
3: We're not doing it. No. This is. I'm it, pleased we are in uh, agreement with that. Anyway, every and, as, every and as you
1: said, mate, I said on before we got on the show, I actually don't want us to now because the last few weeks has been so draining. The uh, the the roller coaster of emotions of thinking we're going to do it. Someone's given us a chance. We've let it slip away again. Someone else has given us a chance. I'm done with it now.
3: So if, can we just <laughs> if, if we've got a chance to make the top six come after the next weekend set of fixtures i think i honestly think the last game against blackburn is going to be one of the worst of the season because there's a good possibility that you could end up missing out on goal difference or by a point and you just look at a game like yesterday or well, I the thought whole like that. game and now
1: that's even more depressing
3: so i just uh, look i would love us to make the top 6 still i'm not going to i'm not saying i wouldn't I'm really not saying that I wouldn't, because then it is it is a lottery. You never know. Chance I will get battered, but that's a, that's another issue. But I'd, if we was to miss out by the skin of our teeth, that would make this season so much worse, and it would make the planning and everything for next year so much worse, because you're going to have to go from being maybe a point or a goal from the playoffs to starting again and going again. And I don't think I don't think some of our players are, are mentally prepared and capable of of producing that again. But hey ho, move on to Blackpool. I'm not going unfortunately, workers has, has killed that for me. Ben are you? have you got a ticket? I have a ticket
1: <laughs> I am undecided at this moment, <laughs> which is not good. no, I'm probably going to go
3: <laughs> You are a braver man than me. that's all I'm- I mean if I had a ticket it'd be a bit different um but I, I can't go, so I, I know that I. It was. It's impossible for me with work. But if, and again, we've said it a couple of times. If you have stuck to this point, if you are going to Blackpool, please go and try and cheer Ben up a little bit because he's a little bit sad please. at the moment. So sad, um, go and go and cheer him up, and um, and I'm sure. That we'll be back next season and we'll be going again. We're we're really dragging this out now,
1: but again, just Mm. on that, I am sad at the minute, but I've been really positive in recent weeks, but yesterday just pushed me over the edge.
3: Yeah. Just, just, just go and say hello to him, give him a cuddle and, and, (laughs) and it'll make him feel a little bit, a little bit better. But, um, We've I think we've finally got to a point where we've just had enough now. Um, and it's it's just really sad and depressing that we've we've thrown it away and, and talking about it. But it's important to talk about it because you can't just do these when you're winning and things are going well. You do have to take it on the chin sometimes when when you get beat and have a little bit of a moan. But um <clears throat> that's been that Millwall podcast with Stephen and Ben. Ben, I know we've had load of different final thoughts, but I'm gonna leave the end of the show. Um, to you before I do obviously like and subscribe please follow us across the social channels um, it really helps us just a couple of likes or a couple of more followers and things like that really really do uh, make a difference we do take all of your feedback on board so if this is too long or you'd rather us keep it shorter by all means drop us a message we're, we're more than happy to to have a look at that but Ben last bit of the show is all yours take it away
1: thanks mate thank you um, uh, yes I was really disappointing. As I said, I'd really gone into it. With a, I thought we'd win yesterday. Don't want to hang around on it. Um, hopefully we can win at Blackpool. And again, just keep our fingers crossed that other teams want to chuck it away as much as we've won to in recent weeks. And then if we go into the last game of the season, we've got some hope. Yeah, again, let's see how we get on. But yeah, was was, was gutted after yesterday. But I'm sorry to all the listeners of having to listen for an hour and a half of us two completely moaning. We'll try and be a bit more cheery next time. But come on, you lions.
0: Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like playing at home. The same goes for McDonald's. Maximise your home ground advantage with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com.